correction. Throughout this episode, uh, I thought it was episode 108. It was actually episode 109. If you just add a 1 to every time when I say 108 or refer to 107 episodes or whatever, um, that should fix everything. But you'll have to do that some in your head the whole time through. I'm very sorry, listener. Anyway, here's the show. Enjoy. We Have Issues is a weekly podcast full of reviews of comics and oversharing. We use grown-up language to make very childish jokes. You can find the show at wehaveissues.net, as well as anywhere else where average to not too bad podcasts can be found. Hello listener and welcome to We Have Issues 108. This is the 108th episode. Uh, this is a podcast about comics. It veers positive about comics. Uh, we don't tend to talk about things unless we think there's some good reason for you to read them. Um, and uh, And I'm Nick and I have a problem this week. And that problem is I haven't really read any comics that I want to recommend. Um, possibly part of this is a few of the comics I've been talking about over the last few months did have issues out this week, but I haven't got around to to reading them yet. So if it, if a book that I've uh, uh, recommended recently um, or over the last few months had an issue out last week, it was probably really good. Uh, I I don't know. I think there was a new Harrow County recently. There was also a new No Mercy. Those are probably really good. A lot of people are talking about Saga. I uh, I haven't picked up an issue of Saga in quite some time, um, so I probably need to catch up on that. Another problem I've got is that um, this room is really warm, and that makes my PC make an awful lot of noise. And my PC seems to be making an awful lot of noise right now. So if you can hear a buzzing in the background, that's what that is. There's a a, a persistent... uh, That may be causing problems. That said, I do have two uh, people who are going to talk to you about comics in a minute. The wonderful Peter Hammerson and the uh, inimitable Max Barnard. He's also wonderful. Peter's also inimitable. Uh, but you've got to pick a word when you're doing these sorts of things, you know? And uh, and that's what I did with each of them. And hopefully no one was offended in the making of uh, that little bit. Um, but in future weeks I'll talk about comics again, and, and so will other people. And in the past we've talked about comics an awful lot. You can listen to all of the previous episodes for absolutely free. Uh, that's 107 episodes, uh, plus a couple of odd specials and stuff like that, uh, at wehaveissues.net. That's uh, all one word, we have issues. It's not all one word, but there's just no punctuation between the words uh, wehaveissues.net. Uh, um, and you can listen to all the previous episodes, and, and most episodes have full show notes, and it's all very exciting. Uh, you can also uh, uh, subscribe and listen and listen and subscribe. Uh, or whatever uh, on your podcatcher of choice if you do that uh, it'll be nice if you like what you hear to uh, uh, rate and review it it helps share it around with other people you can also share us with anyone you want we aren't uh, a, a um, you know an exclusive club or anything 
so feel free feel free to put us in front of uh, people who you think might appreciate this weird thing that we do um what else what else is there oh yeah there's a twitter account specifically for the show it's issues pod um that's again that's all one word uh, i've been using that quite a lot recently because i've had for various reasons to lock down my my personal account so if i'm desperate really desperate for the attention of people who don't already know me i'll normally use the um the issues pod account for that uh but normally about comics or comicy stuff or stuff that comicy people have posted um so yeah so issues pod on twitter there's also we have issues page on facebook which you can like and uh, basically both of those places as well as being places where I'll tend to ramble about about uh, comics and films and stuff like that they're also uh, places where we announce every new episode um this and its sort of sister cousin podcast two grown men are both patreon supported you can support it at patreon.com forward slash totp um and if you give us uh more than two dollars a month you well two dollars a month actually you don't have to give us more than two dollars a month but if you give us two dollars a month you get an approximately monthly extra podcast with uh, my podcasting spouse james talking to his daughter and she's way more interesting than either of us although less focused i think for the most part i don't know so um I haven't really been following. I've been a bit ill over the last week. Nothing serious. Thanks for thanks for asking, but don't worry. Um, but uh, actually, it might be serious. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I've been having these weird dizzy spells and feeling a bit nauseous and, and not being able to catch my breath and tingling up one arm. Those are all symptoms that are enough to get my hypochondria going, but, you know, none of them last really long enough. And um, But, I mean, you were just asking me how I... How I was you probably didn't really want me to go into detail i'm really really bad at gauging how much to answer that question uh, but so i haven't really been paying that much attention to comics i'm not really sure what's been going on over the last week i'm assuming that for the most part no comic creators have shat the bed any more than everyone else is um over the whole trump thing but um oh here's one thing if your local comic shop or, you know, a comic shop you travel some way to. Basically, if the comic shop you use to get all your comics from um, makes a public statement about how they don't want politics in comics, politics shouldn't be in comics, publishers should get comics, uh, politics the fuck out of comics, you don't have to shop with them anymore. Um, they probably think you're an idiot who doesn't uh, innately understand that all uh, creative endeavours are, you know, by default, sort of political anyway. Um, they definitely don't uh, understand, um, or maybe they've never sold a copy of Watchmen or Dark Knight Returns or, or any number of other books uh, that uh, generally the comic retail industry has been propping itself up uh, with sales on probably nothing to do with Eve Vendetta. They've probably never sold an Alan Moore comic at all, actually. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, you don't have to shop at those places. In fact, I'd recommend you not shop at those places. I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that. Also, 
if your local comic shop, if you've got a suspicion or you know for a fact that the manager is using like security cameras to spy on girls and stuff like that, um, probably say something and then stop shopping there as well. I don't know. It's just a suggestion. Um, or anything. If, if your local comic shop is staffed by scumbags, just, you don't have to shop there. There are loads of options. Not a big fan of digital myself. But there's always Comixology, and there are loads of great places that do mail order. Um, I don't know. Just uh, look around on the internet for uh, for comic retailers who you know have a social media uh, presence and don't appear to be assholes. Um, you might find something. I mean, the Big Bang guys in Ireland—they seem to be quite nice, and I think they do delivery. I'm not sure. Yeah, so, I mean, don't, you don't have to shop at those places. Oh, and, and also, if there's an article, uh, or an open letter or something posted on a site and you secretly suspect that the, uh, the, uh, comic site is, or sorry, the entertainment site is only actually, uh, posting it, uh, to try and rile people up, because there's no real value to the argument. Uh, not really. Uh, what they've essentially done is they've taken some poor retailer who maybe isn't that smart, or if they are that smart, is is maybe just hasn't thought things through, and they've uh, they've uh, uh, posted um, something he's written that you know some people are going to flock to their comic shop. There are plenty of uh, regressive uh, assholes reading comics. So some people are still going to go to the shop. It might not really impact on their bottom line, but uh, an awful lot of people are never going to shop there. Ironically, by uh, by sending a, an open letter to a major entertainment news site, or entertainment gossip site really, to a major entertainment gossip site saying they want politics kept out of their comics, they've instantly politicised their store and maybe they didn't really get that. You know, they probably didn't realise Watchmen and Dark Knight Returns and uh, From Hell and V Vendetta and I'm just picking old comics now. I'll, I'll look at the board. Uh, Captain America, um, Martial Law, yeah, probably not that many people really care about martial law. Whole chunks of Daredevil, Civil War, Civil War Two that people didn't really like. All of those comics, this retail preacher, everything by Garth Ennis, frankly, um, everything by Warren Ellis as well. Uh, most of uh, the people who work in comics, um, who write comics, certainly uh, probably believe they're liberal. Uh, and most of them infuse a little bit of that bit of that into their comics. Most uh, spandex comics are this weird mix of, um, I don't know, liberal ideals mixed with a very conservative punch the problem till it goes away like thinking. I don't know. But yeah, so the retailer who sent that letter, they might not have been smart enough to realise that by sending that letter, they would instantly politicise their business um in a way that might not always be beneficial for them um and so you don't have to go to websites that would take advantage of uh a poor sweet summer child like that you know i am um, but i mean i don't really know if anything's been going on in comics that's just stuff i've been thinking about um, yeah if you, if your if your local shop is is run by like slightly creepy scumbags you don't you don't have to shop there. 
Um, and if it's run by politically naive fools, I mean, you can, I mean, you do what you like. You do what you like. Really, you do you. Just make sure you read comics. That's the important thing. Comics are fucking cool most of the time. When they're not breaking your heart, they're really cool. When they're not, they're like, when they're not really mediocre, they're, they're pretty cool. I mean, quite expensive, but they are really cool. And nobody seems to be able to agree on, on who actually makes them or comes up with the ideas for them or anything like that. Um, even within the creative teams. Um, but they are pretty cool. I like them. I don't think there's any real health insurance coming from, for most of the people in the industry. I mean, here in the UK, that isn't a problem at the moment, but it's probably going to be. I am, I'm going to pass you over to Peter Hammerson. Peter Hammerson is going to talk about Transformers Lost Light number one. Uh, uh, my, uh, podcast sibling, I guess. I don't really know, uh, if that metaphor works. Um, but my podcast buddy John did talk about Transformers from IDW at length a few weeks ago, but this is more specifically about Lost Light number one. So I'm going to pass you over to Peter Hammerson. After Peter Hammerson, Maxi Barnard, Max, uh, Maximilian, Maximum, Maximum Barnard. Um, he is going to talk to you about Spawn and his relationship with Spawn. And, uh, then I'll come back around at the end and say goodbye, which is a formality, really. You, I mean, once Max stops talking, you can probably just tune out if you want. Anyway, here's Peter. Hello, it's Peter Hammerson here, recording from my compact little studio, which is really a, a laptop balanced on a box of 2000 ADs. I hope you're all well. I'm good, thank you. These past few months in comics have been a very exciting time for me, and I assume for some others as well. Am I talking about DC Rebirth? All new, all different Marvel Now Plus Number One, or whatever it's called? Maybe I'm talking about the radical change in direction for Zombie Trap. Well, I'm not. I am instead talking about one of the best comic books of the past few years reaching its climax and going further, evolving, ascending, metamorphosing into its final form, ready for the battles that lay ahead. I am talking about Transformers Lost Light. Some background for you. A couple of months ago, IDW's two longest-running Transformers series came to an end. Transformers with no subtitle, and more than meets the eye, wrapped up to clear their decks for the Revolution crossover with a bunch of other Hasbro properties. But with the Transformers, the end is never the end. This was merely a hiatus, and now both books are back with new titles, new number ones, New art teams, but the same glorious quality. In fact, no, not the same. They are better. Today I am specifically focusing on Transformers Lost Light. Writing is by James Roberts, the writer of More Than Meets the Eye. Art is by Jack Lawrence. Colouring duties are shared between Johanna Lafuente and John Paul Bove. And letters are by Tom B. Long. The overarching story of Lost Light is a meandering quest held in the wake of the end of the Autobot Decepticon War. A group of mismatched Autobots, joined by former Decepticon leader Megatron, have spent 50-plus issues of More Than Meets the Eye 
flying around the galaxy, causing as many problems as they solve. There's very little I can say here that hasn't been said elsewhere about More Than Meets the Eye. It is a fantastic series, hugely reminiscent of the best parts of Demetrius and Giffen's Justice League International. Never mind the giant transforming gimmick most of the cast possess. James Roberts' stories have been masterpieces of, of humour, tragedy, grief, joy, love and humanity. And the art, primarily led by Alex Milne, has been stupendous. I also have to mention its approach to gender and sexuality. Chrome Dome and Rewind are an amazing couple, and the will-they-can't-they relationships between characters like Cyclonus and Tailgate have been better handled than 100% of the same sort of thing that I've seen in countless comics, TV shows, and films. But none of this matters if you're reading Lost Light for the first time. The burning question is, is Lost Light 1 accessible for a new reader? Well, I think it is. The first four pages introduce two new characters who are our point of view for much of the issue. This is Anode and Lug, two non-aligned Cybertronian adventurers who wind up dropped into the aftermath of the final big arc of More Than Meets the Eye. We're brought up to speed as they are. We get enough information to set the scene, but it's filled with humour and fun, which completely negates any risk of this being an info dump. Characters are introduced as the story rolls on, each conversation revealing key relationships and aspects of personality, giving you everything you need. As I've reread Lost Light preparing for this, I've been even more impressed by how cleverly and covertly all this information is given to us. I think it's very telling that when Lost Light 1 does drop a full recap of the story so far, it's at the back of the comic. You don't need any of it to understand Lost Light, but it's a nice supplement for those that want to learn more quickly. Of course, I strongly recommend reading More Than Meets the Eye anyway. It's ten volumes of gorgeous comics. I don't want to say much more about the story at this point. The Lost Light of the title is the name of the ship the cast have been flying around in, but at the moment they are stranded on an alien world. The plot involves a ship's genius brainstorm trying to get away off-planet. The solution is part deus ex machina, part joke, and part disaster as it goes wrong, because it was always going to go wrong. For new readers, how it goes wrong leads to a bit of a mystery. For old readers like me, it's a genuine hand-to-mouth gasp moment. And it works both ways. Finally, the art. I've known Jack Lawrence's art for some time through his own comic Tin Pot Hobo, the Action Man reboot Atom, and the City Death series for Judge Dredd magazine. Drawing Transformers is no easy thing. They're complicated, covered in detail, they're all different shapes and sizes. Over the years I've seen a lot of artists struggle to get to grips with them, but Lawrence categorically does not have that problem. It's simple and clean and deals with the complexity of the character designs without sacrificing fluidity and character. It's cartoon-like when it needs to be, expressive but structured and logical. It reads brilliantly. I wouldn't hesitate to recommend Lost Light to anyone. Whether you're a Transformers fan from way back or someone who couldn't tell Rodimus Prime from a Fortress Maximus, the only prerequisite you need to read this comic is the ability to enjoy good storytelling, and I know you've all got that.
Well, thank you for listening today. Um, if you would like to see me endlessly tweet about comics, you can find me on Twitter as at Peter H. That's at P-Y-T-Y-R-H. Till all are one, I'm off to read Lost Light Issue 2. Thank you. Hey, this is Maxi. I don't actually remember how far I got in talking about my subscriptions, and it's now February, which I'm pretty sure means I'm a shy contributor. But we live and learn... Discipline. We, we learn discipline. And here, here I am again. I'm going to tighten it up. I'm going to talk to you all about a comic or something similar to that. Let's say, hold on. I've just got to check comicsology. Uh, why do I own seven volumes of Spawn? I'm not sure what happened, if I'm being honest. Back during one of the many image sales of last year, I picked up one of the more recent volumes of Spawn, uh, it renumbered as a volume one, simply because it was drawn by John Boy Myers, who is fantastic. He did the first few issues of Teen Titans, and he's going to be drawing Royals without Ewing. He's real good. But, like, was I going to understand this volume, even if it's marked as a volume one? I assumed not. And I bought the first volume of the series proper, hoping for some wild and crazy 90s flavour. Because that's what people say about the 90s, right? It was extreme. But with an X to start, because it's cooler. I don't really know what comics were truly like in the 90s as lived. Because my age was in single digits in the 90s for the, the whole of the 90s. Like 90 to 99. 2000? Oh, double digits. 99? Nah. Yeah, it wasn't really anything like that though in Spawn, was it? It was it's not really extreme. Only Spawn is like this weird ponderous tale of a tormented man, deformed beyond recognition and placed in the services of hell, living among the New York homeless and pining for his wife. More time is spent with Al Simmons, the Hellspawn himself, sitting atop rooftops and lamenting his life, trying to come to terms with his situation and find a proper purpose, than it actually is dealing with any insane crooks or demons. Though, as the series goes on, it does have some of that as well, with mental villains like Overt Kill and The Violator. But they're more of a disconnect from Todd McFarlane's musings on the human condition than any real move towards extremeness. I actually bought four more volumes of the Origin Collection, and the next one featuring John Boy in another sale, and I'm still not sure what I think. We see the length Spawn will go to protect others, to maintain his life among the homeless, who treat him as one of them without as much as a second thought, and we see how even in those we might manage to consider good in this murky grey world that he lives in, there is room for boundless corruption or opportunism to have things go their way, none more fascinatingly than Detectives Sam and Twitch, who go through a gauntlet of annoyances and problems from their own higher-ups and from the situation Spawn ends up in, and yet... Sam spends far too much time relishing in his finally having one up on his boss when the time comes, because it's his chance to be cruel, and to someone who almost definitely deserves it. It's fascinating. I can't say I've read anything that's this bleak without actually reading a cynical, and yet in Al Simmons' former wife and her new husband, there's these glimpses of there being a better nature in people. You know, that they can actually live up to themselves. Also, like, Spawn kills a paedophile real brutally and gets his head chopped in two and has to keep it together with shoelaces. So, you know, there is some gross, cool stuff too, for sure. 
Here's a weird thing, though. Uh, the later volumes I've read, drawn by John Boy, uh, ironically come off as more 90s. Never actually more so than when he jumps off the book and is replaced by Eric Larson. Without closing the gap, I can't help but feel that, like, maybe in the time since the start of the series and where it is now, like, Todd somehow embraced this crazy reputation in the 90s to be weird and wild. But, like, the series is still fascinating, and it's still probably good. Spawn is probably good. I don't know why I keep buying it. But I am going to buy more. Thank you to Peter and to Max for actually uh, having stuff to say about actual comics that were published and that they read rather than just generally freeform bitching about the culture around comics, which is what I seem to spend a lot of time doing recently. Um, I'm sorry if, uh, sorry if, sorry if my voice suddenly stops working. Uh, and I'm also sorry if at any point you overheard my, uh, my two sons there, uh, uh, monitors are in here with me. I've spent a lot of time listening to this noise in the background, not the buzzing that my computer's making that you might be able to hear, but the other noise in the background thinking, what the hell is that? Is there interference or something? I think it's my sons just stirring in their sleep. You know, it's, if you've got kids, you'll understand this. It's reassuring sometimes. You don't, you're worried that they're going to wake up when you hear them over the monitor, but at the same time, it's just nice to hear hear them because you spend a lot of time when they're babies listening out for their breathing, worrying uh, that, that that you can't hear anything. If you don't, I mean, if you don't have children, just, uh, I, I don't know. Do people feel that way about pets? Oh, I don't know. Dogs and cats tend to let you know that they're still a, a, all right, but like, do people worry that the goldfish are going to be dead when they come down? I don't know. Um, so, that was uh, We Have Issues 108. Again, thank you to Peter and to Max. And thank you to you, listener. Uh, you are uh, very patient, and that's a good thing. Uh, remember, we are a, a, a user. We are listener-supported. Um, you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash TOTP and... Uh, and uh, dropping us a bit of money every month. It is in dollars. Very difficult to know what's going on with the dollar and pound at the moment. Um, I'm I'm not sure how much a dollar is worth, but it's worth um, dropping us some money if you can afford to in these difficult times. And uh, we appreciate everyone who does. And uh, we appreciate everyone who doesn't. And we appreciate um, all of the gods and all of the monsters and all of our contributors, and uh, that's me, I think. It's very warm in here. I might be a bit delirious. Uh, bye! <laughs>